Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your hosts, Nate and Micah. And only Nate and Micah. Yep, bitch-ass Andy didn't make it tonight. You guys had a nice little fight over text message. He was, he was just like, dude, just text back. And so, didn't hear anything from from a few hours. Know, and you just love poking. I, I, I like poking the bear every yeah, once in a while. you do. Just to get a little bit of a rise. You do. So, I don't see anything wrong with that. Well... I'm sitting in my daughter's game, and here's what I hear. Andy, you making it tonight. You texted that a, lo- a long time ago. And then you say, hey, Andy, F you. <laughs> Andy says, F off, Micah. Micah says, I will beat your effing A. <laughs> Andy says, I wish you'd try. Micah says, pull up, mother effer. <laughs> then Andy said, your mom should have pulled out, which makes no sense. That's what I was getting at. That was the point I was trying to make later. <laughs> And I hadn't read any of this, so I, I opened my phone up to just <laughs> a giant cat fight between you and Andy. Yeah, it would go on for a little bit longer. Uh, but this is what I have to deal with. i got to deal with these two guys. Yeah, sorry. Uh, we, have a, we have a good one for you today, folks. Yeah. No, it's an excellent one. No, it uh, is. Uh, today we have on the podcast Corey Groff. Uh, he's a field staff for Fox Pro. Um, he's just He's a slayer of coyotes and I about said or something I shouldn't have right there but <laughs> kitties yeah he, kitties. he kills the cats too man he's at, yeah. and he's at a he's off to a really good start this season I think we get into it in the show but he's already killed uh, six bobcats six bobcats this year yeah. so far so and he's going after a few more yeah if y'all don't know who Corey is Corey is a uh a big time um predator hunter He's from Missouri as well, uh, down in the south-central part of the state. Uh, Corey's an amazing hunter. We've known about Corey for a few years. I met him, um, I guess, last year about this time during uh, – Yeah, I can't remember. I Bass thought it was Pros, spring uh, or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember when it was, honestly. But um, super nice guy. Talked to her – I don't know. It was raining and we were wet, but I bet we talked for 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, by the time I was leaving, my – Teeth were chattering. <laughs> I, was, I got that got a little cold. chilly. Yeah, but um, so Corey is a terrific hunter, and if you've been following him along on his social media, like Micah said, he's killed half a dozen cats already um, this year, along with coyotes. But just been slaying those those cats. Yeah, and uh, so we talk about bobcat hunting and how yeah. he goes about it, tips and tricks, and what he does, which I learned a lot. Yeah. Listening to what Corey does. A lot of good information on this one. So, yeah. you know, have, a, have you a notebook handy. Have How they act, how he calls them. Yep, what's he, what what's calls he, he's using, yeah. that sort of stuff. Some tips on glass, 
you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So let's get into some of these sponsors and then we'll get into the show. Let us do it. Yeah. So first off, we got Camo Fire, your early morning. <laughs> we talk about it in the show. <laughs> yeah. Your early morning. Let, let's just be honest. When I take a shit in the morning, I'm on Camo Fire. Yeah. Okay? That, makes, that makes a lot of sense. You know, it gets you by, gets you, you know, looking at something while you're taking care of business. So yeah. it's a rotating door of different deals out there. Uh, so if you guys are, you know, I haven't been on it today. I'm sure Marcus is going to love that I said when I'm taking a shit, I'm on camo fire. Hey, you're doing what you're doing. Hey, so a lot, yeah. lot of money gets spent on the toilet. Oh, I, be- I, agree. I bet I, you. I agree with that 100%. Yeah, just saying. But, yeah, get the app. Get on camo fire. Check everything they got. Uh, Huntworth Gear. You can use the code MWW15 for 15% off. Yeah. And we actually recently did a video for Huntworth. Yeah, about their heat boost and the heat boost technology. And we kind of just went into, you know, how we use it and what yeah. items we like the best. So, yeah, check really, out. Yeah, go really to their YouTube stuff. channel and uh, watch it. Actually, you can go to our YouTube channel because we'll put it on our YouTube as well. Okay. Believe it or not, folks, we do have a YouTube. We don't do much with it, but every once in a while there will yeah. be something posted up there. It so. is at Missouri Woods and Water on yeah. the youtube or just search our name and uh you can watch that video it kind of talks about the difference between um uh their heat boost line yeah they have two different lines yep. they have the saskatoon and the uh man I, I, the names the names just slipped right out of my head too yeah so manahorn matterhorn matterhorn yeah yeah matterhorn yeah so uh it, there's a little bit of difference between the two we go through those right right it, so if you're looking at if you're thinking about buying heat boost doing that that would be a decent uh, video to watch. And then if you still don't know, reach out to us. We'll give you our two cents on what we think about the two mm-hmm. and what we think, you know, would be, you know, beneficial for you. Right. So and, check them out. Also on our YouTube, I believe we have some Alps Outdoors reviews that we've done a handful of times. It's possible. Yeah, back in the day. But use the code Woods and Water for 30% off. I'm assuming that's still good for this year. Yeah, Woods Water. Yeah, Woods Water, all caps. Yep. So lots of good stuff there. Um, check it out. So Zamberland boots. I've been using the heck out of my Zamberland boots. I love them to death. I wear them for work. They've been holding up rock solid. It's been rainy, wet, snow. My feet are staying dry and toasty. So I really enjoy using those. Zamberlandusa.com. Athlon optics. Ridiculously good optics. Yeah, so good that I saw how bad I was shooting yesterday. And I'm in a bad mood now. Hey, they, man, things happen. You know, we we don't get the benefit of being behind the gun as much as other people. But, uh, you know, you got to get out there and you got to practice a little more. Yeah, it did make it nice, though. Yeah, so. but Athlon Optics, we run a lot of their stuff. Super, super happy with them. Um, let's see. Black Ovis. You can use the code MWW10 for 10% off. So they got a lot of I was of good just stuff. on there uh, the other day yep. looking at uh, – Decoy or uh, not decoys targets 3D targets, targets. Oh, okay targets. I, my, I bought my last 3d target from them um which just kind of shows you what they sell they sell they, all they kinds of stuff. a little bit of everything i was looking at releases and i need to update i'm going to upgrade my site turns out i found out i lost my level well that sucks yeah it happened whenever we were looking for my deer the few weeks ago that blows yeah so i lost that level i'm so, gonna get a new uh release are you not a new I'm going to get a second 
release. my release, which I have a true ball short and sweeter. See, I'm going to try something different this year. I got a scout. I don't want to try anything different. I love that thing, but yeah. I want a second one. Well, I like mine. In case it. I f- – well, remember Andy forgetting his yeah. his the other day or while during deer season? Yeah. And <clears throat> like in Colorado, if I forget it at the, the quad or something, got, got one your extra back. one right there. There you go. Also, Habitat's, Habitat Works. Yeah, you know. excited to be working with Dustin again in 2023. Um, he's an amazing uh, Habitat fella. We're probably going to do some cool shows with him uh, yeah. this year. Whether or not we do the the ideas we have, he's going to be on the show talking about this stuff again. Right. Um, he's super knowledgeable. Give him a call, 816-752-7390. When you call him or email him at habitatworksllc at gmail.com, mention us and you'll save 15% off any service that he provides. Yeah. Which now's ranges a, from, I mean, now's a great time, honestly. It's a perfect time to yeah. really get in there. It's easier to walk through the woods and you can come up with a game plan that way. Yeah. So, Thanks to our sponsors. Those are our sponsors for today's show. Do you just want to um, get right into it, or do you want to tell me a dad joke to get this one started off right? I did hear a joke. I mean, it's actually pretty cool. Uh, did you know that they found the uh, cure to cancer in Chuck Norris's tears? Too bad he doesn't cry. <laughs> did you tell the other one? Was that last week? Yeah, you told last week. That one was better. I don't know. Well, I got a few up my sleeve. He'd be so. crying. He'd be crying if he uh, fought Sub Zero. No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't it's because Chuck they'd Norris. be frozen tears. If if Chuck Norris traveled through a different dimension and found another Chuck Norris and got in a fight, they'd both win. <laughs> Did you just make that up? No, that was on oh. there. <laughs> I'm like, that's that was pretty clever. <laughs> yeah, just bam, right on top of my head. So they pop it. All right, let's get into the show. All right, let's do it. See you. All right, with us tonight, we've got fellow Missourian and, well, he's a slayer of all kinds of predators, but tonight we're going to be talking about kitties. we got Corey Groff with us. What's up, man? How you doing, guys? Doing good. Doing awesome. Excited to talk to you, man. Uh, I actually met you in person at the, uh, what the hell was that called? World Fishing Fair. Um, yeah, it was a World Fishing Fair, yeah. I was I was actually walking through that tent to get out of the rain, and I walked by a Fox Pro, uh, a Fox Pro deal, and I'm like, that looks like Corey Gruff. And so I walked up, and we talked for a little while, and um, mentioned about you coming on the show back then, and uh, here we are. 73 years later making it happen <laughs> finally made it <laughs> and i was telling hey, whatever, him has he works. not he's been on the list the entire time yeah y- yeah you've been on yeah. there <laughs> but uh so before we get into today's subject why don't you uh introduce yourself to our listeners um where you're from what you do and uh what's your favorite thing about living in missouri and it's outdoors okay uh well i'm currently living in houston missouri i've been here for 23 years uh married to my wife for the same 23 years uh i'm a manager at a online metal supply shop and then i work for a custom gun builder uh hunts long range over at somersville and the the most thing i probably like about missouri is the missouri ozarks uh, we've got a lot of versatility down here uh in the hills lots of water there's good fishing good hunting uh 
and it's just a just a great place to live. I I really like it right here. It's a pretty awesome state. How far are you? Uh, are you pretty close to Peck, or how far off are you from Peck Ranch? I'm about probably forty minutes from Peck. You ain't yeah. far. No, yeah, not I'd be, bad at all. I'd be straight straight west of Peck. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Uh, this is last year sometime. I was driving from Cape Girardeau over to Springfield. So I took 60, mm-hmm. and I had a lot of time to kill, so I went into Peck Ranch, and I spent half an af- afternoon there, and uh, I found a good number of elk, you know, just looking at them. It was the middle of summer. Um, I don't remember seeing a bull. I might have seen a few. But it's just cool in our state watching that animal walk oh, around yeah. again, you know. Uh, and, you know, we don't even have them up here, but I'm sure you got bears down in your area. Uh, yeah, we, kinda, we actually got a bear season now. Yeah. Yeah, what is it, the second, third year? Second or third. I yeah. think it's the second. Yeah, it's the second year, and it's, yeah. it's I think it's three different zones now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, hopefully I'll get a, get me a bear tag one of these days. I've got a buddy that's that uh, has a lot of bears on his place. So That'd be he cool. He told me if I draw, I'll come over there and kill one. That's awesome. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah, I haven't even put in for the bear tag. I've been putting in for that elk tag, but I haven't messed with the bear yet. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, the the problem with us is if we were to draw it, we would be traveling. Like we would have to travel to hunt them because we don't have the bears in our area. And the closest right. I know of bears to us is at least. I mean, it's got to be at least an hour or more Pro- to I get mean, to yeah, to where I, bears I couldn't, are. I couldn't tell you to where you could hunt them. I right. mean, I'm sure there's there's bears here and there that you would see, but I mean, that'd be like you know trying to find a gold nugget in the hills or something you're not right. you're not gonna yeah, find be, it so be hard to do that'd be the issue now if, if i drew an elk tag there ain't no doubt <laughs> yeah I'm, i'd be I'm, figuring out how to get down there for those 10 days yeah, that wouldn't be as big of an issue yeah so if any of our listeners do not follow Corey, or uh you know Corey does a lot of stuff with fox pro as well um mm-hmm. so if they do not follow Corey, I would recommend they do because I, I stopped counting, and you can probably tell us in a second, but since Bobcat season opened this year, this guy has killed no less than six that I remember seeing pictures of, and it's got to be closer to a dozen at this point. But um, So Corey not only is a coyote hunter, but we're not talking about coyotes today. We are going to talk about the kitties and hunting them. So um, how many bobcats have you killed this season so far well i've only killed six i've called in seven That's right <laughs> i i let one go um i'll do that every now and then it looked like a pretty small cat I actually called uh two on one stand and killed the tom and then i noticed that there was another bobcat over on the hillside that was trying to come in and i, I already had the call shut off and and i thought the that cat looks kind of small, so I just went ahead and just let it go. But yeah, I'm up to six right now, so I've kind of slowed down here the last couple of weeks. I haven't done as much hunting as as what I'd like to have done, but yeah. Uh, so that's that's kind of put my numbers behind right now. But I remember watching that video on that the one that you let the other one go, uh, and he he was quite a ways away if I remember correctly too. But, yeah, he's about two three hundred yards. Yeah. Um, let's just start with. I guess like the beginning when there's all of us, there's all kinds of us coyote hunters out there that get lucky enough for a bobcat to come in while we're on a coyote stand. That'll happen from time to time. But 
Right. I'm assuming when when you've been killing these bobcats, you have specifically went out on that hunt that day to kill a cat, right? Or do you? How do you approach killing cats? Well, it, that's a yes and no uh, answer to that. To that, um, I do have like a certain area. Like if I plan on going hunting tomorrow, <clears throat> I may have a couple areas in inside that realm that I'm looking for that is going to be just a cat specific stand. Uh, so I don't typically just say, oh, I'm going to set out all day and just call for bobcats. But in the properties that I hunt, I always look for that one spot or maybe a two spots that, that looks like it's going to hold a cat. And in those stands, you're going to call a coyote in too. Sure. I mean, that's just, they, they share the same territory. They hunt the same game. And, uh, but when you start to fine tune <clears throat> trying to kill bobcats, you'll, you'll notice that you're going to, you're starting to get in tighter on your cover. Uh, and I'll, I'm always looking for that thicket, that real nice big thicket, uh, like up in your guys' part of the world. Um, I know you guys have, you know, a lot of growed up fence rows. You got a lot of hedge and hedgerows and stuff like that, but I'm looking for a drainage. Uh, like a waterway because the cat's got to have water. They use it. They use it more for ambush and prey. Uh, they don't hunt like a coyote does. Uh, so they'll use water and that, and that thicket, you know, to ambush their prey. So that's what I'm looking for. And I crowd those places. I, I really try to get in and crowd them and get closer because the cat, we all know they don't want to come across the open field, you know, right. They're just, they're just really stuck out and they're really vulnerable to just being seen. They don't like being seen. Nobody sees bobcats in the middle of the day, you know? So to get them to break cover in the middle of the day, you gotta, you gotta be in close. You gotta be in tight on a bobcat. Like how close do you just to put a number on it? How close are you trying to get to these areas? Yeah. Because there's been uh, times where, and I don't even know if I've done it right. This is back when, this is the first time I ever actually went after a cat, but I was in the woods with the cat. I, I knew yeah. the cat was up in a thicket above me, and I thought to myself, I don't think I'm going to get him to come down through the rest of this timber out to this field edge. So I went into the timber, and it worked. I called him in. I just missed his ass at 20 yards. But um, <laughs> so, like, how do you how do you determine how far off you're going to get from where you think they're living? Well, if I can see that whole core area, like the edge of that whole core area, uh, I probably am not going to get any further than a hundred yards away. And I'm probably not going to get any closer than 50 yards away. Um, but you know, like if I wanted to, if I wanted to use a shotgun and get into those thickets with them, you know, I mean, you can, you can get them right to your feet probably. Um, but I hunt with a rifle mostly. So I try to give myself a good shot uh so i'm always trying to set set up like i said anywhere between that 50 and 100 yard from that core area and that way I, it, it presents myself a decent shot if you know if given they they break the cover um but now you can you can crowd them places too tight and you might have a bobcat swing on you or a coyote swing on you and then you're you're just not ready for a shot, you know. Those fast moving coyotes, you know, they're hard to they're hard to hit running. We 
all know that. I know I know both of you guys probably have uh, called in coyotes that you're they're trying to shoot at running, you know. And that's just a really hard usually thing doesn't to do. go well for us. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> I I haven't had enough experience with them running. Like I haven't had enough dogs in front of me running away to practice that shot because that's not something you can just practice on a regular basis you know you got to be put in front of that for a while before you can get decent at it a lot of the situations we've been put in front of where the coyote's running we either wait till it stops to say what the hell and then we you know shoot it or we start yelling at it you know woo, try to do your best to make trying to get it to stop and like a lot of times you'll you'll make it happen where you can take that shot where it's not sprinting night hunting is different sure uh but you know that's a whole different beast in itself, but uh, um, oh, yeah. so that I mean that is interesting because um, you're definitely hugging a lot closer with a bobcat than you def- than you are coyotes. Um, yeah. Would you say that it is if you were targeting a coyote or a, a bobcat, it's easier to see coyotes on a bobcat stand than it is to see bobcats on a coyote stand? Does that make any sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I think it's, you know, I think it's about the same. It's probably a 50, 50. Um, so, I mean, because like I said, they both share the same areas. They both hunt the same areas. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I would say, I would say it's give or take about 50% of the time on, on each end of that. Um, the thing about a bobcat is, you know, like I said, it's not going to move fast. I've had coy- I've had bobcats come running into the call and look like a coyote. Uh, you know, when they're coming in, but I think a lot of that is is they broke cover and they they're not hiding anymore. So they're either going to move fast, you know, and and get to that squealing rabbit as fast as they can before something else comes and takes it away. I mean, of course, that's my theory on it. It, it may not be what's going on, but it seems like most of the time when I have a cat that breaks cover and gets in an open area, they'll, they'll move pretty fast. Yeah. But, uh, if they got a little cover, they won't move fast at all. And, and I, I think a lot of these guys, you know, they think that they're not calling bobcats in, but they are. Yeah. Um, a lot of these guys, they don't, they don't look at the edges of these, of these brush thickets and these fields. Uh, they've got such good camouflage. They can, they can be sitting there the whole time and you, and you don't even know it. I'll never forget the first, like I told you, that one I missed at 20 yards. I had my my middle son with me at the time, and he saw the cat, and I didn't. And he's like, Daddy, what's that right there? And I'm like, what are you talking about, Chase? He's like, right there in front of us. And I said, what? I ended up standing up and going, what are you talking about? And he says, right there. And about the time I see the bobcat look up at me, and I said, oh, shit that's what you were talking about and uh then i rushed the shot and missed him and the rest is history we've talked about it on the show enough but yeah i mean it's amazing how and then the second time i i called that same cat back in actually a couple weeks later and missed again we won't talk about that um i watched him i just happened to get lucky and had my eyes on an area and and saw him barely move across this log and so I watched him for, man, like 60 yards slowly get down yeah. to me. And it was amazing how easy it was to lose him if I didn't keep my eyes on him and yeah. just how slowly he really did move. Uh, 
so yeah I, I i know people are calling them in that just don't ever know they exist same thing with coyotes i mean i'm sure if you oh, yeah. if you went back on your year of coyotes there's probably at least a handful that you didn't know were there uh, oh absolutely but i mean how many times has it been where you're oh yeah i'm done and then you stand up and you're like oh there he was right there yep. he busted you <laughs> yep so it happens so when you're setting up uh are you much more careful with how you're setting up than maybe you would on a coyote stand not that we're not careful with a coyote stand but you know sometimes on coyote stands you don't have much cover where you want to be at you got the high ground and you might just have a little grass next to a fence post and you do what you need to do how are are you a lot more careful about your setup since cats are the way I've always been kind of a thought about it is cats use their eyes much more than a coyote uses their eyes. Not that they're not looking, but a cat's main, uh, weapon, I guess, is their eye. Whereas a coyote's main weapon is kind of its nose. Um, so are you a lot more careful or what do you do when you're setting up? Uh, I'm about the same. Um, I'll, I'll probably, I mean, I brush myself in about the same. If I got a good backstop, of course I'm I'm going to use it. Um, but if I've got an area that I really feel like there's a cat in, and I don't have a whole lot of cover, I'll push that envelope, you know, and and get in there. And it may be just that little sprig of grass, like you were talking about, you know, just try to hide the best I can. Um, but uh, that's what I. I mean, it, it works about the same. Um, but getting back to the, you know, like how the cats hide and stuff, uh, <clears throat> a lot of, I know a lot of guys that don't carry, you know, a good pair of binoculars, and I, I don't leave home without them. If I don't have my bino chest or my bino pack on my chest, feel naked, don't man, you? I, I, I do. I feel naked, you know, yeah. because that's why I keep trying the damn time, things. Every time that I have left that at home, I've needed it, and. You know, I might go on 10 coyote stands and, you know, five bobcat stands and not, not ever pull them out. But that one time that I need them and they're not there, you know, that, I don't know if you watched my reel from the other day. Uh, I had a bobcat standing there about 100 yards and you just the naked eye, you couldn't see him. I didn't know that bobcat was there for, I went back on the video, that, that cat was there for probably three or four minutes before I even noticed him. Really? He just blended in so well. But, Right there, I had my binoculars. I pulled them out and reached up, and yeah, I was like, "Wow, where'd you come from, you little bastard?" You know? <laughs> I'm telling you, I feel like a pariah in the world of coyote hunting. Everybody I know, and now Corey, are bino harness people, and man, I can't. Now I still I have binos with me every time I go hunting, but I have them more available in a different way. I have never gotten used to wearing a bino harness i don't i, I try yeah you try, i try don't make it and then i'm just like i freaking hate it <laughs> and i'll end up what i do is i i get set up and then i take my binos out and i rest them right next to me um and like my rangefinder is sitting right next to me too i just i've never gotten used to wearing a bino harness and yeah. uh whether you wear a bino harness or not having bino- binoculars available isn't very important um especially with cats man like you said they're just they sit so still they move so mm-hmm. slow and it's really hard to pick up that any of that motion with your naked eye um and the only time i've ever picked it up with my naked eye is when they're literally within 50 60 yards of me 
player. So, um, what about uh, obviously you know with coyotes and stuff, you got to pay attention to the wind. With cats, as is it as important? Is it more important? Less important? Playing the wind. It's probably less important. I've had some cats that will come right to the call and stick their stick their nose right inside the the X twenty four speaker, you know, and not even not even act like you know there's any kind of wind there. Um, matter of fact, John Collins and I got to talking about this on a previous podcast, but we've talked about this about two years ago. Just him and I, just in conversation, as you know, two individuals. And he told me that he had this bobcat that it wasn't bobcat season. Uh, he let the cat come into the call, and he said it got about 30 or 40 yards from the call, turned, went straight downwind, and then came into the call. And I actually had that happen. Well, the double of bobcats that I called in that we were talking about at the beginning of this, that cat comes straight in downwind hmm. from the call. And I don't know if it was just coincidence, uh, but I have had cats win the call before. They'll get close enough to it that they can catch, you know, some scent off of it, and and they'll booger and spook. Uh, but it's not. You have a little bit more time, you know, on that bobcat coming in to, you know, to kind of make that shot. So what I do when I set my call out whatever that wind direction is, like say if I have a left to right wind and I can't see a whole lot on that left side, I'll make sure to push my call more to the right. That way I've got more time. If, you know, if, if something comes down wind, I can see it better, you know, than them slipping up behind a ridge or, or a hill. It's a little different hunting down in here. I know you guys don't have all the hills and hollers like I got, so I have to work. I have to work around a lot of terrain. Yeah, you know, down in here. Uh, yeah, we got so. we got some, but not near yeah, like not, you got. Not not like you. Yeah, which actually would be kind of nice because you could almost get like more sets out of the same property. You know, sometimes you would that's think actually true. Yeah, yeah, yeah we actually have yeah, that's actually we have ground sort of like what you got because we hunt some um, some river farms, and when you get close to some of them river bluffs, before you get into the you know, the, um, the bottoms, dude. I mean, some of it's like you're in Colorado, it's straight up and down over and, you know, mm-hmm. you can really, real you know, deep haulers, get yeah. several sets out of some properties sometimes, but it's also shitty getting around in them. But, yeah. um, <laughs> that's interesting. I, I wonder if there's, you know, you always hear about how strong a coyote's nose is. I wonder if there's like any studies out there or any articles that talk about how strong a bobcat's nose is compared to a coyote's i would assume it's not as strong but i don't know that i just i'm just just because like you said you you've gotten those situations where the bobcat will give you more leeway it almost feels like from a wind's perspective or is it because they're so worried about what they're seeing that they don't pay attention to that that nose as much whereas a coyote is always going to listen to their nose first and then other right. things seconds. I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting to look up. Mike, are you Googling it right now? Well, I just did a quick Google, and it just says it's better than house cats. Hmm. But uh, Maybe not as good as a coyote. Yeah, it didn't. It, I'm sure if I looked into it a little more, it'd give a little more detail Makes about sense. it. Makes sense. 
Well, just in my experience, you know, with cats catching wind, you know, I've had coyotes catch wind off of a, you know, the scent off of a call, you know, as far as a hundred yards, you know, cats seem like, you know, they're typically usually a lot closer, you know, 15, 20 yards. They'll get to where they'll start crouching down if they, they don't smell something that's right. You know, they may not just completely turn and, peel out of there and burn you know but uh most of the time they'll just crouch kind of down because they know something's not right and they'll start backing up they start backing up you probably want to probably want to take your shot because they're probably going to turn and burn really and do they turn and burn like a dog does like i've never boogered a kite or a bobcat to the point that i've seen at least that you know they've just been gone gone do they turn and run or are they real stealthy when they take off too no when when they're when they know something's not right, they're gonna they're gonna act like a coyote. They're gonna get the heck out of there. They just jet. Uh, they just jet. Now I have had them get to the cover and stop, you know, and uh, turn back around and try to process what just happened. And you know, they may be out of range. They may not. But most of the time, I don't I don't usually try to let that happen. So. <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we've all had those days where you're just like, well, I oh, yeah. suck as a hunter today, but hey. All right, let's get to the, the the part where I'm sure a lot of listeners are curious, the calling. So take us through how you uh, how you do a, a bobcat stand. For me, and this is just me and, and Micah, my bob, when I'm hunting a bobcat, I call a lot differently than I do when I'm hunting coyotes. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but – how does the uh, the cat killer himself do do this? Oh uh, well, you know I've called bobcats in on all different kinds of sounds, but I, the last few years I've really stuck more to uh, cottontail cottontail distress sounds. That's that just seems like what they want. You know, it, it's music to their ears. Uh, I've called in bobcats on. I've called in bobcats on pup distress. And I know <laughs> there's a lot of people that, that say that they've done that out there. And I think a, the most, most of the time the case is, is they're probably coyote calling or, or they had been uh, using a rabbit distress and they finally decide, Oh, I'm going to flip over to pup distress and see what I got. And then a bobcat steps out, you know, I, I but uh, getting back to the calling, um, you know, I, I, I'm obviously I'm a, Fox Pro Field staff guy, so I really like Mrs. McCottontail, KG Cottontail, Baby Cottontail, uh, Eastern Cottontail, and I'll run a lot of bit, uh, a lot of uh, Snowshoe HP. Yeah, I and like that. I like that sound. <clears throat> what What I like about Snow Snowshoe HP is, you know, it has. It has some really high pitch sounds in it, and then it's got some lower sounds in it, but it's got a lot of breakup in it too. Uh, there's a lot going on with it. It's a busy sound. And so when I talk about busy sounds, it's just something that's, it's the rhythm. It's going all the time. And that's when you get back to Mrs. McCottontail sound, uh, you know, that's a sound that is a new sound to the Fox Pro library. It's just come out the last few years, but, uh, I don't think there's a better sound for bobcats than Mrs. McCottontail. That 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 one right there has killed more bobcats for me in the last three years or so than than any other sound. Um, but it, once I select that sound and I start, 
I'll usually start about 50% volume. Uh, so on the Fox Pro X24, uh, that'd be right around volume 20. And <clears throat> so I'll run that sound constant. I never turn it off. I'll run that sound constant for three or four minutes. In that three or four minutes, I'm ramping the volume up. I'll go to maybe 24, 26 on the, on the remote. Depends on how, what kind of terrain it is. If it's real tight, like some of the conversations we've been having here, I may just run it up to about 22 and then come back down with my sound all the way down to even 10 on the remote. And that sequence, if I, if I don't have a bobcat or a coyote show up in that first four or five, six minutes, then I'm going to go ahead and pause. And I'll, John Collins and I have talked about this quite a bit. There's something about that pause that when you break that rhythm, that cat's like, he may be out there hunched down. You don't even know he's there. Mm -hmm. It just seems like it's a trigger. He'll, he'll just break and be like, you know, what what's happened? going on? What happened to that sound? Yeah. <clears throat> so that's, that's a real key calling. Yeah. It's a good tip of my calling to put out there is go ahead and run that sound out there for three, four, five, six minutes, and then give yourself a good pause. So I'll, I'll pause it for 30, 40 seconds. And while I'm in that 30, 40 seconds, I'm watching, but I'm moving to my next sound and whatever the sound may be, whether it's, <clears throat> KG Cottontail or, or uh, Snowshoe HP or even Woodpecker, uh, <clears throat> same thing. I'll go back to about 50% volume on that Fox Pro and then ramp, ramp the sound up and then bring the sound back down just to give it some realism, you know, like, like something might be taking that right. <clears throat> animal away, you know, and then then did you put the excitement back out there when you ramp it back up, you know? So it's just something to keep their attention all the time because the cat's really bad about losing their attention. Uh, you'll see it in a house like cat. Bobcat's you know? got ADHD. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, they, they break concentration so easy that I've seen Bobcats be coming in to the call and they might bump a mouse well, then, then they're off chasing that mouse, you know. And then you got to switch the call up to try to grasp their attention. It usually doesn't happen that way, but I have seen it in the past. That's that's a good bit of information because, like, I've always been, like, from one sound right to the next, you know, whether yep. that's I, – I used to run a lot of woodpecker stuff, and yeah, it was birds. whatever – oh, what's the woodpecker one I liked a lot with uh, the Fox Pro sound? What the hell was it called? <laughs> We uh, uh weeping red woodpecker, yeah, <clears throat> and then I'd be right into another red one, um, and but I wasn't stopping, but half a second, you know, just stop, start, you know, type of deal, um, right, <clears throat> and that's what I was always taught is you you lose their concentration or you lose their attention, you lose them, um, right, but by stopping the call you think that that actually might help for that, you know, 30 minutes or 30 seconds to a minute actually yep. get their attention more by going, Hey, what, what happened to that sound? And they, yep. they might even check it out further. Whereas if you keep a sound running nonstop, um, it's just, you know, more of that sound that they've been hearing for the past five minutes. Right. <clears throat> well, and they'll, 
they'll you know a cat will get lazy uh it'll just sit down and just look around and it'll just sit there and look I, I the last cat i called in here about a week ago that's what it was doing when i when i spotted it i knew something was there because i could hear the birds and the squirrels chattering and i'm looking 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 trying to find what they're ranting at and finally i see it over there in some tall brush and he's just sitting there on his butt just looking around he's not probably 80 90 yards from the call and i've got the decoy spinning out there and the sun's hitting it so i know he's seeing it you know and and uh i just grabbed the remote and i just turned that volume way down just to where i could barely hear it and you can see it in the video it it sparked him he his ears kind of stand up a little bit more and then then he break he broke the cover and started coming in and that's when i went ahead and shot him so it's it's very key they they get used to it it's like it's 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 almost like it's lackadaisical to them you know yeah like the puts them to sleep a little bit i don't know it's hard to explain but it seems like you break that you know change that volume or even just shut it off they're just like what's what's going on here on on your uh designated bobcat are you always using a decoy i was gonna ask about those yes yeah yes absolutely um now i've called bobcats in without a decoy and I know a lot of guys have, you know, it's, it's just, they're coming to the sound more than they are anything, but that, uh, that decoy, man, it's on Bobcats. It's, it's, it's a must have in my, in my arsenal. I got to have it. Does it matter? So like I've, I've got a shockwave and the decoy that I've got on the shockwave is the, uh, um, the Fox Jack decoy that hooks to the back of the battery compartment. And it's a, right. it's a woodpecker. <laughs> um flag type deal where it's it's black white and red so it makes me think of a woodpecker does right. it matter honestly if it's a rabbit or a woodpecker decoy or just something that's moving something that's moving yep good something to grasp their attention um uh, and in, in in a case like that like the story i just told you know that cat i like i said i know he was seeing it um he just he just wasn't committed to come in, so in some cases it just doesn't it doesn't do the job. But in other cases, I've had cats once they once they see the decoy, they'll just come running in. I mean, and you can you can see it all over them when they see it because they'll stop, they'll perk up, you know, their posture changes, they'll get a lot taller, and then they'll just bolt and start coming on in. Yeah, yeah, I, I've <laughs> I've always struggled with whether to use a decoy or not on on cats and. I've always done it, but, and that might be why I use more woodpecker sounds back in the day than I did the uh, cottontail stuff is because my decoy looked like a, a woodpecker. woodpecker. I'm like, well, what, what if I'm doing this freaking cottontail and then they see a woodpecker running around? They're like, what the hell? You're, 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 you're giving them way too much credit. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, that you made a good point a few minutes ago about like the, the squirrels and the, you know, the birds and the stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. The one I killed this year, it was because, well, actually, I was about to write off every blue jay in, in the world because, you, you know, you always heard deer hunting, you start hearing blue jays, be ready, you're about to see something, right? I bet I've heard more blue jays this year and not ever seen shit than yeah. ever before. And the, the, blue, the blue jays lie. 
Yeah, they're they're, they're just loud mouths, I think. But in this case, I started hearing blue jays off to my right, and I'm like, well, it's probably not a freaking deer. They've been lying to me all damn year. And I I happened to look down, and, and there was the cat. So I know what they were yelling at. But um, that's a good point, I guess, is paying attention to, um, you know, the other animals out there that – if a cat especially is walking through, I'm guessing they're going to not be happy about it. Um, no, uh, a red squirrel absolutely hates, hates bobcats and they'll, they'll chatter every time and they'll chatter loud. Uh, and same with a, same with a coyote. I've had, I've had a lot of squirrels and stuff chatter on, on coyotes, but almost every time a squirrel chatters on a, on one of my, bobcat stands i can almost guarantee that there's probably a bobcat around yeah they're they usually don't lie that's pretty good uh except when you're deer hunting and once again then they just want you to think that they're a deer exactly (laughs) although that's just them moving around but okay so how long is um when you're doing your sequences and you're pausing how long do you usually give a set on on a bobcat stand before you're like this is over are you usually giving them longer than you would give a coyote set or what's your average? No, no I, I don't sit, I don't sit any longer for a bobcat stand than I would a coyote stand. I usually give it about 15 or 20 minutes. Hmm. Uh, you know, we've always heard that you got to sit there and wait on that bobcat to come in cause they're slow. They are slow. I'll give them that, you know, once they, once they start committing to the call, they are pretty slow, but they get there faster than a lot of people think they do. Um, I just think they just want to sit there and, you know, process everything before they go ahead and come on out and try to grab that meal. But uh, I've never, I've never sat on a bobcat stand longer than 20, 25 minutes, probably. Um, I know there's that old wise tale, of you, you got to sit there 45 minutes, you know, on a bobcat, but, I've already made two more stands. You know? I've already moved on. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah I've, I've already made two more stands while somebody's over there still trying to call a bobcat in 45 well, minutes. So. if you think about it, what – I mean, because I always thought you would have to wait longer too, but more than likely, like, depending on what type of terrain you're hunting, that bobcat is probably getting to where he can see whatever is making that sound fairly quickly. And then yeah. once – and theoretically if he can see that call you should be able to see that cat so he's yep. probably getting to a spot where he can see and then he might decide whether or not he's going to go you know commit or not so that makes right. sense that you know you're still only doing the 20 minutes or so you know? yeah yeah Cause... yeah i'll just i'll just keep doing that same sequence you know i'll run my run my calls to that five six minute mark make a good pause and then you know, I, once I get past that 12 minute mark, if I ain't called anything in, I'm, you know, I'm kind of starting to fish around, you know, for, for a different sound, you know, maybe try something different that I haven't had. And I'll tell you what, uh, gray, gray squirrel. That's, that's one of my back pocket that, that I'll throw out there every once in a while. If I get really deep into that stand, cause it's so high pitched, uh, I really like it, but most of the time I get to that 15, 20 minute mark. I'm, I, I about gave up already. Yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm trying all kinds of stuff by that point. Well, it's funny. Cause, uh, I know it's not the same exact, but it makes me think of, uh, I was listening to Fox pros podcast 
with the uh, the fellow from New York that hunts foxes. Yeah. Uh, he, oh, he, uh, Andrew. Yeah. And Andrew uh, yeah. he, it's funny because he's hunting red foxes, and it, one of his favorite calls is platinum gray fox. Yeah. Just make me laugh. <laughs> um, it's just he loves that sound. And uh, I like to pick his brain a little more. I got a fox somewhere near me that he's foxier than me, that's for sure. But, uh, okay, so you don't – that's – I mean, that, that makes sense. I mean, if you're not going to – I mean, I guess if you stayed an hour, there's always that chance you could get that one to come in. But then if you don't, you just literally wasted two more sets <laughs> by yep. by right. calling that out. And um, you might just not be close enough or whatever, but um, that's a good point. Well, and, they, you know, these cats, they move around quite a bit. They got, you know, a female bobcat probably has about a mile and a half to two mile radius. Damn. And you've got a you know, on your toms, they'll carry probably somewhere's a, you know, between five and ten mile radius, and uh, so they ain't they ain't always there. Um, but most of the time, you can pretty well count on a female bobcat being pretty close, especially if you find some good scat. You know, uh, I'm I'm always looking for scat when I'm out, because um, it you know if if you got a bobcat that's working a trail saying you, you got, you found two or three piles of scat on that cow path or that deer trail, or even on a, on an old road going into a place, you can almost guarantee that when that cat laid that scat there, it either went to bed or it come out of its bed. So it's probably, probably they're pretty close. So I'm, I'm always looking for that scat. And then uh, I make a mental note of where that's at, and I'll come back and try to get it. They're kind of like us. They take shits before they go to bed or <laughs> after they wake up. Yeah, right? that's right. <laughs> not to, not to, po- you know, we'll talk about our sponsors at some point, but I know every morning I'm on my camo fire. That's what I'm doing usually. <laughs> take care of my morning stuff. <laughs> so, um, okay, well, we would, uh, we'd be stupid not to ask this question. Guns. Yeah. I'm guessing you don't change up your gun setup based on what you're hunting, but what's your favorite uh, setup that you're running right now? My favorite setup that I'm running right now is uh, I'm running a 224 Valkyrie that, and I've got several setups, but uh, my favorite setup right now is a 224 Valkyrie. It's a, it's custom built gun, hunts long range over here, built it for me. Uh, carbon barrel it's got a gray bow chassis on it uh zermit action and i'm running 60 grain sorry about my cuckoo clock there oh that's all right uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm running the 60 grain tmks in that and it's been really effective on coyotes and bobcats uh but i've also been running what what we built a wildcat round and uh it's basically it's built off of a I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this six point five by forty seven, uh, but anyway that's we we built this predator round off of that and it's we're calling it a twenty two parvo. Yeah. And I've seen you post. So I could, yeah, I've seen you post that one. That's a sick looking gun, man. It's it's pretty wicked little gun. Uh, it's just a sixteen inch carbon barrel. Um, 
it's a one and eight twist. Uh, it's also a gray bow chassis and a Zerman action. I'm running a, a uh, trigger tech trigger in it and Swarovski glass on top, but it's that thing's a hammer. It's what kind for of a 16 inch barrel? Yeah, yeah. What, what kind of velocity are you getting out of that? Uh, consistently, we're getting we're getting 3580 out of that setup. Wow, jeez. And so is that with a 69 green? Okay, so that's pretty heavy still too. Yeah, and with only a 16 inch yeah. barrel. Yeah, and that so that is a a 22 caliber setup then. That's yeah, that's yeah. 22 caliber setup. Yeah, that's that's pretty fast when you're talking about almost well, you, what you said 39 or 69. So no. Yeah, 69 grain bullet. That's almost uh, 70 yeah. grains coming out of a 22. That's pretty – that's sick. Yeah. That's pretty badass. I, it, uh, it's it's really hard on the Bobcats. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, I've knocked some pretty good-sized holes in some of my Bobcats. I've knocked some pretty good-sized holes in my in my Coyotes, too. It's It uh, seems, like, seems like it's not bad on the entrance. It's the exit, obviously, but if yeah. you catch bone on the exit – that's where it's really bad. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure. I'm, I got lucky when I shot mine with my six arc. Uh, that that has a 103 grain bullet coming out of it, and I happened to exit just behind her her opposite side shoulder, and so all it yeah. left is about a quarter size perfect round hole in her. But I feel like if I would have you know exited just a little more forward on that opposite shoulder, it would have uh, it probably would have broke her down. Um, oh yeah, right there on the spot instead of her running twenty yards and, and dying in some bullshit. But um, at least it you know made a nice pretty round hole that's going to be easy for my taxidermist to take care of. But uh, there you go. I don't know. I mean, like with coyotes, it's it's odd. Uh, I would prefer just to break a coyote down right where it stands, and I'm I'm guessing Absolutely. I'm the same with a bobcat. But you ever feel like? Um, You've killed enough bobcats when you see this just gorgeous cat stand in front of you that you're scared to shoot it where you normally would because you don't want to f it up too bad or what, like what what goes through your mind when you see that just that beautiful you know leopard type spots and all that what goes through your mind when you're getting ready to shoot it That's funny you mentioned that because I called in a I called in a bobcat last year and I got him right at 40 yards and that exact thought went through my head. I was like, where do I shoot this thing at? Because I don't want to mess him up. And then I was like, well, I'm just going to go ahead and anchor him. Because he was a pretty good-sized bobcat. He was probably pushing close to 30 pounds. And I just I, I put it right through both shoulders. And surprisingly, it didn't mess it up any at all. He just barely put a pinhole in him. Oh, nice. But uh, where were you shooting? He didn't then? go nowhere. I was shooting my 224 Valkyrie. Okay. Nice. Those things yeah. really book, don't they? Aren't they like four thousand plus? I've never. Uh, or am I wrong? You probably you probably could get them there with some lighter grain bullets and maybe a slower twist barrel. But let's see. I'm running a one and nine twist and them sixty grain bullets. I think we're right around thirty four hundred feet a second. Okay, fam. Yeah, they're not they're not pushing real hard, but uh, I will yeah, say probably, like. I'm getting more excited about the faster. I've I've typically always shot a little bit slower gun with coyotes. Like I started with a 223 
And then I went up. Now I'm the six arc is my current gun, which is somewhere around like 3000 feet per second. Of course I'm pushing 103 grand bullet through it too, but, um, right. But I just I just got my twenty two two fifty, which I'm really excited about, and I'm shooting fifty grain Vmaxes, almost forty two hundred feet per second through that thing. Wow! And that was a That's... lot of fun to shoot. <laughs> I will say, like, you could just tell the speed difference between that six arc and that twenty two two fifty right there. Yeah. Now it's yeah. a light. That's a light bull. I mean, it's fifty grains, um, and I'm not sure I'll stay there. But boy, that was a lot of fun to shoot. That's for oh, sure. I haven't shot a coyote with it yet, but. Um, it was booking. That's for sure. Yeah, wait till you get that can on it, and then you can hear that. That's what I'm smack. Any day now would be great, Uncle yeah, Sam. That's all that, I'm saying. That, that'd be awesome if we could make that happen. Ninety days, sure. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna say any more though, because I don't want to take any risks on not getting it quicker. Uh, okay, so I got to ask you this: um, What was the what's the biggest bobcat you ever killed? Do you weigh each one you kill? Uh, if if I feel like they're over 30 pounds, I'll, I'll go ahead and get a scale out. Um, 36 pounds is my biggest one. Wow. That's a big cat. Um, that is a big cat. Yeah. That's a big cat. And you know, I was hunting, I was hunting, kind of hunting up in your guys' part of the world. I was more North central Missouri here a couple of weeks ago. And, and, uh, the kid didn't, he didn't, he didn't call it in, but he trapped this bobcat. I don't know if you guys seen it on my Facebook, but that was one of the biggest bobcats I'd ever seen. I mean, his paws were were huge. Uh, they put it on the scale because I told him, "I'm like, man, you got to weigh that thing. I got to know what it is." Right. They took it down to the elevator there in town and and weighed it. I think that's what they said they did. Took it to the elevator. Anyway, they said it was 32 pounds, and I'm like, boys, I don't know. I think that scale's wrong. That thing looks way bigger than that. Man, I wish I could. Find they're really them. hard. They're really hard to judge. Well, they, they definitely are. I mean, I, the one I shot, um, I'm like, man, she's good size. You know, I mean, I've not been around a lot of bobcats, but I'm like, man, she's good size. And while she wasn't a small female, she only weighed 17 pounds. Um, yeah, which for a female is not tiny, um, but. It's just crazy when you you hear about some of these these cats weighing you know forty pounds and that's a big kitty. Uh, that's a big cat. I wish I could find the post. I actually saw it today, uh, and I wish I remember where I was. I think I was on Facebook somewhere. That black one. Oh yeah, Did somebody I, showed oh, up. Mel- yeah, I've yeah, seen that. yeah. He's in North Carolina or something. Is that that, that was, that was gorgeous. Because <laughs> if you look, you can still see the spots. Um, yeah, like the spots are darker black than the rest of it. And, Man, have you ever seen anything like that on a cat out in Missouri? I mean, that's got to be so damn rare. Um, no, I've, I've never seen nothing like that. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. I I will say um, I would love to see one of those, but I don't ever want to see a mountain lion come into the call. <laughs> it's just, I don't no, know. I don't think I would either. <laughs> no. Like, I love seeing bobcats. It's Honestly, when I'm out deer hunting, uh, I've had some really cool encounters where I killed my bobcat at. Um, I knew there were bobcats there. I had a really cool encounter last year with a, a mother and her two um, cubs. Cubs is what they're called? I, I always called get cubs. that wrong. I want to say kittens. Um, I mean, a really cool encounter where the kittens were right under my tree, and they were screwing around, and she was looking at me, and then they left and chased a rabbit. It was just I – always, I always count my blessings when I see bobcats. Yeah, and we had that one this year whenever we went bow hunting. 
Oh my yeah. god, that we were, was, that we, was were walk, awesome. we were walking out of the woods during a bow hunt, and Nathan spots. He's like, "Hey, stop, stop, stop!" And I look up, and there's a bobcat looking right at us, and it's got something in its mouth, and it drops it and runs off. And we get up to it, and it had just killed a rabbit and had the rabbit in its mouth. And the rabbit, we, by the time we got up to the rabbit, wasn't even dead yet. Yeah, it was still you could just twitching. see where. It, yeah, oh, wow. yeah, you could just see where you know it had a hold of its neck. It, so that was pretty neat. Yeah, it's. I always count my blessings when you see a bobcat doing its own thing, you know, in the oh, wild. Yeah. Which I know when you're calling them, you know, it's it's a little different. But uh, I I really enjoy seeing them, and it's probably my my most favorite thing to encounter mm-hmm. in the woods. Just you know, naturally, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've we've all been deer hunting, and we've had coyotes come in, and it then becomes coyote season um, if you're deer hunting, right? Every deer hunt is oh, yeah. a coyote hunt, but, <laughs> uh, right. you know, and that's cool. Uh, cause you get to see a coyote kind of doing its own thing too, but there's just, for me, there's nothing like watching a cat just do its own thing. And you'll have to remind me when we get off here, I'll get your number. I'm going to send you a trail cam pick I got of a bobcat mid air okay. killing something this year. That's probably, oh, my really? favorite. oh wow. man, it's my favorite trail cam pick I might ever had. Yep. Uh, if I, <laughs> I better save that. I hope I didn't. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, because it came off that one camera. But anyway, uh, what else, Michael? I mean, you got what? What do you think gets the right away? A bobcat or a coyote if they meet face to face? I'm gonna go coyote because they seem like they're bigger dickheads. But I could be wrong. I don't know, man. Cats, <laughs> cats are mean. That's true. I, I would think the coyote would let the cat go. It, it, my opinion. Well, I I, w- I witnessed this this last year. In my bow stand, I had a uh, had a coyote come out, or excuse me, had a bobcat come out, and I hunt I hunt some river bottom ground, so there's a levee right there, and the cat comes out and gets on top of that levee, and well, I start messing with it, I just start lip squeaking at it, and here it comes, it starts coming down that levee, and about probably two or three minutes of this. I look up and about a hundred yards down the levee is a coyote standing. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> so I just keep lip squeaking. Well, here comes the coyote. Well, the bobcat just lost interest and it finally gets up on top of the levee and that coyote sees that bobcat and comes running. And I thought, Oh man, what, what is getting ready to happen here? That Bob, that bobcat got the right away. Really? That coyote never met. Oh no. He snipped around a little bit, and they got within feet. I'm, I'm saying two or three feet. And that coyote never advanced. That cat never swatted at him. And it wasn't a big bobcat. It was probably a – I'm going to say it was 20 pounds or less bobcat. And about that time, here come another coyote, and it come full bore running down this levee as I'm still lip squeaking at all three of them. And he runs up there, and I miss him about 30 yards with my bow. And I was like, what in the world just happened? Oh, the bobcat, he, he just trots off like no big deal. And the coyote's right behind him about 10 yards, just trotting right behind him. So I'm going to say the bobcat's going to get the right away every time. I can see that. kind of what it seemed like to me. I can see that. I mean, <laughs> my damn stupid outdoor cat and my dog, my dog don't mess with our cat at all. I mean, don't mess with her at all. And every time he goes outside, she'll try to kick his ass. And he weighs oh, yeah. 90 pounds, and she's a 10-pound, <laughs> you know, whatever the hell she is. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, that don't that don't happen at my house. <laughs> my my dog. Your dog killed that cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my, yeah, my dog's got a problem with cats. <laughs> but I could, I guess, I could see where a cat's a bigger asshole than a coyote is. I guess maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't, I don't know if they're an asshole, but they're probably just an asshole you don't want to mess with with all them claws I know. and teeth. You know, I've I've but, talked to people uh, that have said. Uh, Oh, they're just 20 pounds. I'm like, I'm telling you right now, that is not 20 pounds I would ever want on top of me or near me. No, it's going to no. tear you up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you, you I might, would not enjoy that. More than likely, you're going to be able to win that fight, but you are not going to come out there with no scratches. That's for sure. No. <laughs> well, and that kind of gets me kind of gets me to a point I was trying to make because I, I hear a lot of people say, you know, oh, I don't, I don't really want to call for a bobcat you know, right after I'm trying to call for a coyote because I don't want to, I don't, I don't think that coyote, that bobcat will come in. I don't think that's true. I've, I've howled around bobcats quite a bit, you know, not knowing that the bobcat was there, let out a howl, you know, on the Fox Pro and there's a bobcat standing there. It's like, they're not even scared of it, you know? And so my theory, my theory was always I, I always thought the bobcat would get the right away, but until I seen that encounter this fall on the bow stand, I was like, man, that I knew it. I knew that bobcat would get that get the leeway there. That makes, so I mean, it makes sense. I was, I was happy to see it. That but, yeah, that that's just a cool story, man. That that'd be awesome to <laughs> witness. Yeah, I actually got video of that. Uh, it's on my Snapchat, but I I need to export it. And, drop it to you guys it was pretty neat yeah, yeah I, I took video of those that mother and those two kittens or whatever the hell they're called um i actually it's two different videos i i got video of the the young ones coming straight under my tree and then they went out in this clearing and were like playing around with each other um and i'm like man those are young and i'm like there's got to be a mama somewhere and i turn mm-hmm. around and i look kind of where they came from and i look into the into the timber maybe five yards back and there she is just looking right up at me oh wow and i'm like oh yep found mama and then the young ones kind of come back to her and they walk they all walk away together and i got video of them walking away and i'm like man that was cool i mean i just i counted my blessings that was you know i I hadn't seen a deer that night and i'm just like i don't even care if i do that was awesome and then not five minutes later i hear this blood curdling scream and I see this rabbit just go whoo, right next to my tree. And that mama was right behind that rabbit. And I watched her chase that rabbit all the way through that clearing. And I never heard it screaming, so I don't think she caught it. But uh, I'm just like, that is that is cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, that, That's a really cool encounter. <laughs> well, and then that was maybe 45 minutes before dark. And then right at last light, the part that I did not enjoy, I'll be honest, I'm kind of a sissy at times. I admit it. Because you're talking about what a twenty pound cat again, right? Right. I, I get. I'm getting my stuff ready to get down, and I turn around and I just. I kind of. I do this every time. I just kind of look around, just make sure I'm not missing something. And I look down at the base of my ladder, and she's at the base of my ladder, looking right up at me. Oh wow! And I'm like, <laughs> "What are you doing?" So it kind of freaked me out. I'm like, "Why are you doing this? I ain't messing with your babies. Yeah. I don't want nothing to do with them. I don't know where they are." And I'm like, please don't climb this damn tree stand. <laughs> That's the only thing running through my mind is why is she right here? She knows I'm there. I've been moving around. Right. She she's not tricked. And so I I, I literally just said, hey, 
get out of here. And she just looked at me. And after a few seconds, you know, kind of started backing away and then walked away. But I'll be honest. I was just like, what are you going to do? <laughs> like, I really don't want to get a cat fight right now. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, that that's just some of the cool stuff you see is, I mean, she – she was in her natural world, and it was just kind of cool to see. I mean, just like you said, seeing those coyotes and those bobcats together, um, right? That's that's pretty damn rare to see those two at the same time in the same spot. I mean, you got to think yeah. about that. You know, they don't like to be around each other, so no. You actually saw something that probably doesn't happen that often, so that's no, pretty cool. No. I, and I, you know, I know we've all logged you know several hours in a deer stand, but you know, I, the 30 years I've been bow hunting. I've never seen anything like that. So that was pretty cool. No. Yeah. That's, that's pretty damn nifty. And you don't get to see that stuff when you don't, that's why we like getting outdoors, man. It's just, you never know what you're going to see, whether it's deer hunting or, or, you know, predator hunting or duck hunting for some people or, you know, whatever they do, you just, you don't see stuff if you're sitting at home, even if it's not right. what you were hoping for. Um, you know, like I would argue that what you experienced that night with that, those coyotes and, and that bobcat and what I experienced and like me and Micah, what we had happen, I would argue that's just as good of a night deer hunting as if you would have gotten the deer you're after. Um, just because oh, absolutely. I that's agree. more rare than killing that buck because you're not yep. going to ever see that again. So nope. uh, that's pretty damn cool. But what else, Mike, you got any more questions for him? I don't really have anything. Are we missing anything? Yeah, what else? I mean, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you think would be pretty uh, beneficial for people to hear? Uh, well, just look for sign. It's it's no different than uh, you know coyote hunting. You can't you can't kill bobcats if you don't have bobcats. Uh, so you know, make sure the signs there, and, and uh, you know, try to go over some of the the things that I that we talked about on this podcast. Try to crowd those areas. Look for you know that thicket try to get in a little bit tighter on them and uh you know happy, happy hunting i you know i hope this helps lots of guys out you know that's been struggling maybe trying to get a bobcat so yeah it's uh and I, i'm i'm open to any questions uh you know anybody that wants to drop me a message on facebook or whatever i'll, I'll answer any questions so i, I like doing that yeah, yeah why don't you uh tell people how to get a hold of you you know give them your handles and everything so on instagram i am uh i believe it's just coyote commander all lowercase uh facebook obviously it's Corey groff and i guess that's about the only thing i'm on right now and we'll we'll tag you on the episode release too so if people do want to ask you questions they can i feel like i feel like i don't remember i know i do interact with a coyote commander on instagram i don't know that i knew that was Corey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so i'll have to go back and look at that but uh uh i'm not a huge social media guy so sometimes i don't pay attention very well so yeah but we'll tag all that i mean cory groff we really appreciate you coming on um absolutely like i said it just seems like every time i i got on social media since bobcat season opened it was like jesus how many freaking bobcats are down your way, man? Like he just keeps slaying them, yeah. just left and right. He's getting to the point where well, he's, he's passing the small ones. You know, it's just <laughs> is, is this the most you've ever killed in a season? Uh, this is probably the best start that I've had to a season. Um, I usually 
it doesn't seem like I'll collect very many cats before the first of the year. Um, I don't know what we'll to see at the end of the season, but uh, I think 11. I've Damn. killed 11 in a season. Oh, wow. Uh, that was year before last. Last year I killed 10, so I'm, I don't know. I'm hoping I get to at least 12 maybe this year. So, which, so especially, you know, now our season extended this year. Yeah, so we got we're about, a month about another 30 days, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so so what are you um you got to get to the point where you're becoming like that deer hunter that consistently just shoots 140 inch you know deer you got to be like picky about what you're going to do with the kitties you know like uh i'm assuming you get everything you you um skin everything and you you take care of them but like you gotta what what will make you get one mounted at this point like do they just have to be gorgeous or do you try to do as much as you can with each one you know, I don't even have one mounted because I'm I'm too picky, I guess, of a bastard to go and get one mounted. Uh, I just mounted I, the first day of what I kill. I'm like, yep, she's getting it. <laughs> well, you know, I want that perfect I want that perfect cat, you know, and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be forty pounds, but you know, I want a good thirty pound real speckled up tom. That's what I want mounted. Uh you know, and passing cats up I'll just I'll just put it out there on on that certain farm that I've got. It's it, I've killed a lot of bobcats off it in the last three or four years. So you know, with bobcats only having you know a couple cubs a year, you know, you could probably kill them out pretty easy. And you don't you don't really want to lose them. I mean, yeah, I, I want to be able to control them because you know our turkey population down here is horrible. Uh, you know, back, back in the nineties, we probably had the <clears throat> best turkey hunting in the United States down in this part of the area, but, uh, <clears throat> it's not right now. It's, it's pretty sad. So I do want to control the population of these bobcats, but I love hunting them. So I don't really want to, I don't want to wipe them out. And that, that landowner that I, that I passed that cat on, he don't, he, he wouldn't care either way, Yeah, you know, so. But if it's, you know, somebody that wanted me to come in and, and clean some cats out, I probably would have shot that cat. But, you know, I, I really don't want to, you know, I, I'm kind of taking care of my population right there. Yeah. So, Well, and with, if, with cats, you can, you can affect them. I mean, you know, yeah. we, we talked to a, a coyote biologist last year uh, with MDC, and the way she explained it, you would have to wipe out every damn coyote off the face of this, this continent to have any effect on a coyote population because they are so good at filling holes that it yep. it doesn't matter if you take 30 out of one farm, they will be back because they just they fill in. Whereas yep. I'm sure bobcats are resourceful, but there's a lot less of them around than there are coyotes, and they're probably not as good at doing that as coyotes are. So if you were to, you know, wipe out, coyotes off of a let's say a five square mile area you might not see them again for several years at that point i mean it just depends right. on how quickly one can get in there so um no that makes well, sense that's, and that's you know kinda... i don't want to lose i don't want to lose the resource that i'm hunting i mean control right. are great but you know to your point anyways yes the turkey population is struggling across the state but 
a bobcat ain't the main predator of a, a turkey anyway. It's raccoons killing all these freaking nests anyway. I mean, oh, I I agree one hundred percent. But it's it's collectively, you know, any predator when you've got a when you've got a species that's you know really in really bad shape. So collectively, all that's you know hard on that species. Right. But, uh, you know, getting back to you know that's why we're in the shape we're in with with bobcats. You know. I think uh, Iowa just started allowing bobcat season, what, like two or three years ago. I don't think Illinois even has allowed bobcat hunting yet. You know, bobcats got wiped out, you know, from hundreds of years ago, people trapping and hunting. Yep. And they're slowly making their way back across the Midwest. And uh, I don't know. I just... I mean, that's, that's why we got to have our bobcats tagged because, you know, I think they're still on the endangered species list. Well, that's our, why you have to have our buddies at the O2 <laughs> podcast. When he saw that I killed my bobcat this year, he's like, that is so cool because they don't even have a season. Um, right. and that's in Ohio. Now I could be wrong. I think that's what he said, but he's like, dude, I don't ever see a, bo-. I mean, those, that would be the most rare thing to see here. And so, you know, in Missouri, we do got to, you know, count our blessings i mean i think it's awesome that we have so many awesome animals to uh either hunt or either just enjoy i mean i don't know how i feel about mountain lions but they're here so (laughs) so i don't want to see one but hey it's cool that you know the animals that were here 300 years ago are back with the exception of a few so um to me i don't want like i love hunting coyotes i don't want to wipe them out i want to keep hunting right um, right. you know, if, if the government came in and said, we're going to, we're going to eradicate every coyote off the face of this entire continent, I would not love it. I think they're awesome. I, I want to keep hunting them. And it's the same thing with bobcats. I don't want to eradicate them. I, I really like, you know, hunting them. And, um, so I agree. I mean, I wouldn't want to kill 500 bobcats off the same farm and expect to keep, you know, hunting them. That's not going to work that right. way. Well, you're not Corey Groff, so we're, I'm not. we're good. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah man well uh cory we appreciate your time man that was uh, a lot of good information i learned a lot on calling that i might try differently for sure that's for sure but uh we'll we'll get you on uh here pretty quick do some coyote just we'll we'll talk about coyotes you know we're uh, i'm sure you've already been at them pretty hard but we're getting really started starting to get ramped up on the r season so yep, yep. We'll, we'll get yep. you on to talk about same that. here i'm I'm ready to start chasing more coyotes, that's for sure. Yeah, they're fun. Well, Corey Groff, we appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me. It's been a blast. All right, see you, man.